If you don't have a Bible, you can just listen to the reading. And uh, we're going to read from John chapter 4. Just a few verses there in John chapter 4, the Gospel of John. And we're going to read from verse 3 just through to verse 7. And I'm going to speak tonight on a God encounter that changed a life forever. A God encounter that changed a life forever. You know, tonight, as we come to the Word of God, you can experience a God encounter that will change your life, not just for a moment, not just for today, but that will change your life forever, for eternity. And we're going to read of a woman that had an encounter with the Lord. John chapter 4, and we're going to read from verse 3 through to verse 7. He left Judea, that is Jesus, and departed again into Galilee. Verse 4 says, and he must needs go through Samaria. It was a need and it was a must that he went through a place called Samaria. Then cometh he to the city of Samaria, which is, a, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being worried, wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. Just these few verses will end the reading there together. A God encounter, an encounter, an encounter with God, an encounter with the living God. And I want to just spend a few moments tonight to look at this woman, this life uh, that had an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ that changed her life forever. And you know, there's such an encounter for you, friend, tonight. There's such an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ that changes your life just completely and in a moment. I want us to look at this woman. The Bible says here in verse 7, just the last verse that we read, and there cometh a woman. There cometh a woman. And I want, I want you, if you can, for a moment, uh, just for these few moments, I want you to picture uh, this woman that we're going to look at tonight that had an encounter uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you some things about this woman that the Bible reveals to us. And I want you to see her as she's coming towards this well where Jesus was sitting. You know, in the Bible, when there's names of cities or places, often those names are significant because they have a spiritual meaning or there's some particular revelation about that place. And so it's given that particular name. For example, where the birth of Christ was in Bethlehem. Bethlehem, as we know so well, is understood to mean the house of bread. And so when Jesus said in John 6 and 35, I am the bread of life. He that hungers, he that eateth of me shall never hunger. He that believeth in me shall never thirst. And so what we see is that the name Bethlehem, known to be the house of bread, 
Jesus came from Bethlehem and he is the bread of life. So there was something significant in the name or a revelation that would come. Another name, and there's many right throughout the Bible, but just a couple tonight so that you see from the Bible when you see a place Often there's a revelation or there's a significance to do with that place. Another place is the Garden of Gethsemane, a place where the Lord Jesus Christ came to pray just before Calvary. And it tells us there that there was a time of great sorrow that came upon the Lord. There was a cup that was presented to him just that he was about to go to Calvary. There he prayed. There was great anguish of his soul. There was a great pressing. And the word Gethsemane means oil press and so we see again that names are given and there's a spiritual significance well this woman the bible tells us here was coming from a city in samaria and the city's name was Sikar. and that name means a place of intoxication or a drunkard so we can draw maybe from this name that this town was known to be a place where there had been alcohol abuse or trouble or depression or of some sorts that this woman was coming out of a town that was known for abuse and here she comes up this this dry barren road towards this well the second thing we note about this woman as she's coming as she comes out of the city that the time that she came was an unusual time for to draw water at a well the bible tells us it was the sixth R. And the sixth hour is the noonday. And in those parts of the world, you'll know that the, the warmest part of the day being the noontime, that wouldn't be the time typically that women would go to draw water, whether it be in the morning or it would otherwise be late in the evening, the cool of the evening. But this woman is coming in the middle of a day. It was an unusual time to come to draw water. And again, we could maybe suppose in the midst of that, the reason why she came at this particular hour was because of perhaps the lifestyle that she had been living We know she's coming from a place that would be typically a a place known to be a place of intoxication. Maybe her life was a life of abuse. Maybe it was a life of addiction. We don't know. But we're surmising some things tonight if you follow the story. That this woman was coming at an unusual time. Maybe the lifestyle that she was living dictated the time that she would come. And she came at an unusual time. We also can note uh, regarding this woman tonight and further on down in the chapter that this was a life that was a broken life. I want you to hear me tonight. We can draw from the scriptures at some things about this woman, the place that she came from, the time that she came was unusual. But one thing we know for sure about this woman in verse 18, we see here that this woman had a series of broken relationships. She had serial relationships that had broke down. The Lord had said to her about her husband and she said she had five husbands and the one man that she was now living with was not her husband. So now we get a bit of a picture about this woman's life. Here is a life that was that was broken. Here is a life that has experienced much hurt because we know in relationships, uh, going in and out of relationships, she would have experienced the hurt and the brokenness of those relationships. 
So we know it's a woman that's coming and she's wounded on the inside. We know she's a woman that, that has a lot of trouble, has been through a lot of different events in her life. We know that it's a woman that has come uh, from a very broken background and she's coming out of this well. And you know, the, the Bible makes it very clear the causes of, of the trouble in our lives is sin itself. It's sin that, that ruins lives. It's sin that wrecks relationships. It's sin that wrecks homes and breaks up families. It's sin, and sin is an awful thing. And this woman is coming. We see her. I want you to see this woman for a moment. If you can imagine her in your eyes, mind. She's coming out of this city. She's a broken life. She's coming at an unusual time. And we see that this weary soul is looking to draw water at the well. Another thing we note about this woman in this reading tonight, in the whole chapter, you can find out all about her. But we also find out that this woman had a certain amount of religion. She was a Samaritan. She, she knows a little, about, a little bit about her religion. But, but her religion, I want you to note, had never brought her peace. Her religion, whatever that title was, had never come to heal that broken heart. Her religion had never brought that joy of being forgiven of her sin. But she was a woman that was identified as a religious woman. She understood religion and how it worked. Because the Lord, when he asked her, she said, But you're a Jew, and you have no dealings with us Samaritans. It's, it's a wee bit like our country here, that, that someone would say, Well, I'm a Protestant. I don't have any dealings with a, a Catholic or a Catholic saying, But I'm a Catholic. I have no, uh, no dealings with you as a Protestant. She had some form of religion. But friends, like every religion this religion had never brought her peace in her heart it had never brought her the joy of knowing sins forgiven it had never healed her wounded and her broken spirit it had never brought peace to her troubled mind it had never broken the addictions of her life and so we know she's a religious woman in, in some respects, but she's a broken woman. She's a weary woman. She's an empty woman. She's come from a broken home. She's been searching for an answer for this weary life. And we find, of course, that this woman actually, when she enters into a conversation with the Lord Jesus Christ, she's someone that is actually searching for an answer. And I want to say tonight, if you're listening to this and you're not saved, you're a backslider. But you know in the depths of your heart, you're actually searching for, for the answer to life. There's a search in your heart that has been put there by God himself. You're looking for the answer or the meaning or the purpose of life. You're looking for something that meets Right down in the depths of your heart that religion can never do. You might have been born a Protestant, but that does not bring the peace of God into your heart. You might have been brought up a Catholic and you still have some of your Catholic tradition, but it's never brought peace into the innermost part of your heart. You might have been brought up a Muslim and you go through all the works of your religion. You pray five times a day. You go through all the rituals. But you know that that whole religious apparatus can never bring peace into that inner part of your heart. You might have been born a Hindu and you worship every type of God. Or maybe tonight that you have no religion. 
But even having no religion still brings you no peace, still brings you no contentment, doesn't heal a broken life, doesn't bring peace to a troubled soul. Now I want you to see as this woman comes up this, this path and she's heading for this well and she has her water pot and she's coming to draw at this well. And you see a tired woman. You see a woman that's weary of life. You see a woman that's burdened down with sin and curse. You see a woman that has all those hurts of a life that she's lived and she's coming weary and broken and tired at this well. Maybe that's you, friend. Maybe that's a man or a woman tonight that just are weary with life, is tired of the circumstances. You're tired of the life that you're living. You're tired of the hurt and the pain and the aches and you're tired and you're weary and you're troubled. And yet here she comes to this, this well and she finds a man a man sitting on this well. Now, I want us to stop for a moment at looking at this woman. And I want you, if you can, just take your eyes of the woman. But I want you to look at this man that's sitting upon the well. I want you to look at this man because this is a man like no other man that's ever walked this scene of time. His name is Jesus it is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. It is Jesus, the Son of the living God. It is Jesus that came from the splendor of heaven and of glory and was born of a virgin, came into this world, lived a sinless and a spotless life, died on a cruel cross 2,000 years ago for every man and woman and every boy and every girl. He shed his own precious blood for for the salvation of you and of me and every man and woman in this world. Look at him for a moment. Fully God and fully man. He's seated on a well. Here he is. And here's some things about the Lord I want to point out in this story. Number one. He knew where she would be. Tells us here in verse four of our reading. It says that he must needs go to Samaria. What that tells us is that the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God himself in the flesh, he knew where she would be. Now I want to tell you something tonight, that God knows exactly where you are. That God knows you and God knows where you are. We see this in the story as Jesus sends his disciples on ahead. But he knew that there was a woman that was going to be coming to that well. He knew where she would be. And he would go to that well and he would sit on that well waiting on that woman to come up that road. Can I tell you, friend, tonight, man or woman, young person who's not saved, God knows exactly where you are tonight. God knows exactly where you are at this very present time. I may not know anything about you, but God knows exactly where you are. I want to tell you something else about this Lord. He knew when she would be there. The timing of God, the timing of God is perfect. God knew exactly when that woman would get up in that morning. He knew exactly when she would get herself ready 
to go out that road to head up to that well. He knew the very moment, the very time that she would come to that well to draw that water. Can I tell you something? That God knows exactly tonight every person that's listening into this live stream that's not saved. God knows that the timing tonight is perfect. You may not think it in any shape or form, but God knows tonight where you are, number one, and number two, that God knows at this very moment that you're listening to the sound of this voice, this preacher preaching to you. But God is not so much interested in this preacher. He's interested in you. He knew exactly where she would be and when she would be there. But I want to tell you something that's so important. He knew everything about this woman even before he met her. Can I tell you tonight, friend, that God knows everything, everything about you. That God knows everything, the very secrets of your heart. God knows it all. Can I tell you tonight that every sin that you've ever committed, God knows every sin, every act. You know, your husband may not know, or your wife may not know, or your best friend may not know, or your mother may not know, or your father may not know. But I want to tell you tonight that God knows everything. Jesus Christ knew everything about this woman, everything everything about her. You know, religion would have rejected her because of the life that she's lived. But I thank God tonight that Jesus Christ hadn't come to condemn her, nor had he come to reject her, but Jesus Christ had come to save her. You must know tonight that God knows everything about your life. He knows every lie you've ever told. He knows everything that you've ever stolen. He knows every act of immorality you've ever taken. He knows everything about you, but yet he came into the world to save sinners just like you and just like me. Not only did he know where she would be, not only did he know when she would be there, not only did he know everything about this woman, but he came to give her the answer to her life. And the answer to her life was the man that sat on the well. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. When many would say she deserves wrath or judgment, Jesus came to show her mercy. Listen, friend, Jesus has come to give us mercy. The Bible tells us that God is rich in mercy for his great love by which he loved us. God came, Jesus went to that well that day, not to condemn this woman, but that this woman would be saved to show to her mercy. Now for a few moments as we're coming to a close tonight, I want us to look at the conversation between the Lord Jesus Christ and this woman. Here the Lord is sitting on the well. He sees the woman coming up out of that town, that broken town, that broken life, that broken home. He sees the weary soul. He sees the broken life. He sees all the sins that she's ever committed. He sees the tiredness and the weariness of life. And he sees her coming. But he just waits patiently on the well. He's just there at the right time. He knows that she's coming and he opens the dialogue with the conversation simply like this. He says to her, give me to drink. Give me something to drink. Straight away, he breaks down all the barriers 
of religion. Listen, here's a Samaritan that had no dealings with the Jews. But I want to tell you something. Jesus Christ came into the world to save Samaritans, to save Jews, to save Protestants, to save Catholics, to save Hindus, and to save Muslims. He transcends all religions because he's the almighty God in the flesh. He came into the world because he loved the world and he gave himself as a ransom for all men. The question breaks down the barriers. You see, friend, your religion can never save you. Your religion can never get you into heaven. Your good works cannot get you into heaven. All your activities and religious activities and all your good living and all your good deeds can never get you into heaven. That's why Jesus came from heaven, that he would make a way for us to get there. He says, give me the drink. Then he tells her something that her religion cannot give her. He talks about, in verse 10, the gift of God. Listen, what is a gift? A gift is never something that you work for, because then it's not a gift. A gift is something that's given freely. Here he begins to show her about a gift. You know, this is unique, because this is Christianity. This is not a religion, this is a relationship that God reached down into mankind and gave his son as a ransom for all men. And this is the gift of God. And he says, I've come to give you the gift of God. In Romans chapter 6 and 23, the Bible says that the wages of our sins that God knows all about is death. And after death, there's a judgment. But then it says, but the gift of God, there's a gift that God wants to give you tonight free. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to go through all the rigmarole of religion. You don't have to go through your rosary. You don't have to pray around your beads. You don't have to do your Hail Marys. You don't have to beat yourself, flog yourself. You don't have to visit any monument. You don't have to visit any cathedral. You don't have to visit any priest or any pastor. It is the gift of God. It's the free gift of God. The Bible says it's the gift of God, not as eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ. There's only one way to heaven and there's only one way to receive eternal life. It's to receive the gift of God. You can see her religious brain beginning to think but I'm a Samaritan. I've no dealings with the Jews. What have I to do? Have I to clean myself up? What have I, what am I, as many people think to come to, to come to God that you have to get a suit or you have to clean yourself up or you have to go through a program? No, friend. This is the gift of God, eternal life. He identifies her empty search in verse 13. Know what he says to her? Just using the example of the well. He says to the woman after asking her for a drink, he says, if you drink of this water in this well, you're going to thirst again. Do you know what he was saying to her? You've been looking for an answer for your life. You've been searching for the true answer. You've been seeking after. You've been trying to find peace. You've been trying to find contentment. You've tried everything. He recognizes and points out to this woman, you know, you keep on searching in the wrong place. You keep on seeking after where you'll never find contentment. You'll never find joy. You'll never find peace. You'll never find eternal life. You'll never find what it is to know of your sins forgiven. But you keep drinking from those wells, the wells of the world. 
never brings peace. He identifies her vain search. She wants the gift of God. He says, there is a gift that I would give you. And he tells her of a life-changing encounter with him. He says, if you drink of what I give you, Jesus Christ, you're never going to thirst again. Know what it's going to be like when you're born again, when you're saved, when you give your life to Jesus. Do you know what it's like, he said? He said, it's like a well of water springing up in the everlasting life. He tells her of a joy. He tells her of a well. He tells her of living water that you can't find in the world. You can't find in the, in the, in the drug dens. You can't find in the drink and all the partying. She says, you'll never find it there, but I'll give you, I'll give you something that's going to be like a well of water springing up within your soul into eternal life. Friends, she would say, like most people would say, oh, sir, give me this gift. I want this well. I want an answer. But then he brings her to one of the most crucial parts of this encounter with God. I want you to listen carefully. We're nearly finished just in a few moments. But this is crucial because everyone wants to go to heaven. Everybody wants the gift of God, eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ. You'd be a madman not to want the gift of God, the free gift of God. But he brings her to a crucial part of the encounter. He now points out because remember he's God and he knows everything. He simply makes a statement to her. When she said, I want the gift, he says, go and call your husband. Straight away, that one question, that one direction, just opened up that heart, revealed to her that she must recognize that she's a sinner. She had to recognize a life of sin, a life of rejecting Christ, a life of of living the way she lived. And Jesus just simply points out one thing. Go and call your husband. He knew she'd been through five husbands. He knew that she was living with a man that wasn't her husband. And so he just asked one question. Where's your husband? That was enough to open up this woman. Not to condemn her. But for her to recognize that she's a sinner. Here's so important. I want the gift of life. I want my life to be changed. Do you recognize your sin? Not only do you recognize that you're a sinner. And you fall short of God's glory or God's standard. You know that you've sinned against God. But number two, here's a crucial thing. To be born again and to be saved. The Bible calls it that we must repent. In Matthew 9 and 13, Jesus says, I am not come to call the righteous. I'm come to call sinners. What to? Sinners to repentance. Repentance means to turn away from sin. So many people want the gift of God, but they don't want to leave the sin. They want to hold on to their sin. And then they say it doesn't work. It will never work while you still hold on to the old life. You still drink from the old wells. And the Lord's saying, you know, you must repent of your sin. Turn from your sin. Recognize you're a sinner and give your life to me. Jesus said, except you repent, listen very carefully. Luke 13 and 3, Jesus said, except you turn from your sin, except you leave your sin. He says, you shall perish. Jesus said this. 
You must turn from sin. You see now the Lord brings her to the point. She wants the life. She wants the joy. She wants the well. She wants to get saved as it were. And now Jesus says, where's your husband? Now he brings her to recognize her sin. And brings her to the place of repentance. You see, you must repent of your sin. There must be a, that I'm sorry for my sin. And there must be a faith in God that Jesus took your sin when he died on the cross to receive the gift of salvation. That the old life is finished forever. And I'm not going back to those old wells that old way. But I've given my life to Jesus. I'm sorry for my sin. Please forgive me. Come into my heart. Lord, I pray you'd save me. Give me your great gift of salvation. Friends, it happens. It happens when men repent. It happens when women repent. It happens when young people repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm turning from my sin. These verses remind us then of the great new life that there is in Jesus Christ. Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. The old, the old things pass away. Behold, all things. What happens? It's a new life in Jesus. It is what it, it is in the scripture to be born again of the Spirit of God. It's only people that are born again that will go to heaven, that have put their trust in Jesus, that have repented of their sin, have said they're sorry for their sin, but they've asked the Lord into their heart and to know the joy of sins forgiven. This woman left that well that day. This was an encounter that changed her life forever. And you can have this encounter tonight, friend. You can encounter God. You can encounter God in your living room, sitting on your settee, listening to these few words tonight, not because of anything of who I am, but everything of who Jesus is, because he's come into the world to save sinners. He knows you. The timing is now. He knows everything about you. He knows you're going and you're coming. He knows the sin in your life. He knows the life that you've lived. He knows the brokenness and the hurt. And yet he's come not to condemn you, but to save you. And friend, tonight, if you're listening to these words and God's speaking to you, and you know in your heart that he is, you know tonight that this is the night that you want to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. You want, you want to repent of your sin. You want the gift of God. An encounter with God, that that life will be changed, not just for a moment, but changed for eternity. Then tonight, friend, listen carefully. If you know God's speaking to you, you know you're ready to give up that life. Seen too many people, they want the gift, but they don't want to give up their sin. But tonight, if you're tired of that life, you're tired of that sin, you truly in your heart tonight want to, Want to, want to leave that world of sin behind. You want to know this gift of God, this great salvation. You may not understand everything, but you know that Jesus died for you. You know that he loves you. You know that he cares for you. You know that he's meeting with you tonight. You know that this is your time. Now that's you, friend, tonight. I want to encourage you just as we're coming to a close. Wherever you are, just sitting on your, on your settee or wherever it may be, listening to these few words. I'm going to pray, and I want you just to pray this prayer with me tonight. I want you to pray this prayer in your heart. If you mean it in your heart tonight, you want to give your life to Jesus, and you're sincere, you're honest about it. 
Don't try and clean yourself up. Don't try and become religious. This is the gift of God. It's a free gift. Cost Jesus everything on the cross. Cost him his life. But he's come that you might be saved. Now, if you want to do that tonight, I'd ask you as we pray, we're going to pray together. I'd ask you just to say this prayer. As I say it tonight, would you say this prayer with me? And then after we say the amen, I just ask you to do one simple thing. If you've prayed this prayer, you've given your life to the Lord, then the most important thing is that you must tell someone. And I'd ask you either the private message, this Facebook page, or you contact us in some way, or speak to someone you know that's saved and tell them that you've given your life to Jesus. But let us know so we can pray for you as well. So let's pray together tonight. You mean this from your heart. You mean this from your heart. You pray this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and I invite you, I ask you to come into my heart and my life. I want to trust and follow you. Follow you as my Lord and my Savior. I ask it all in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you have prayed that prayer, you do mean it from your heart. Would you please let us know. Speak to someone who is saved. But let us know tonight that you've asked Jesus into your heart. And you ask him in, he'll come in. You'll be born of the Spirit of God. You can be that woman that left that well that day and went and told people, come see a man that told me all things I ever did. Is this not the Christ? Is this not the Savior? This free gift is for you. Thank you for listening tonight. Praise the Lord. Amen.